obviously for the length that I've known you, patience isn't your strength, right? No. Nor is it mine, no, which it is, is fine. Not at all. Yeah. So you guys are very patient with me. With you, yeah. <laughs> that was a lie. What? If anybody didn't know, that was a lie. You two uh, are very impatient. I, I am grossly. We're the worst. It is impossible to anticipate where the two monsters, which suddenly appeared in the atomic area, will attack next. If your power goes out, remain calm. Oh my God. One, we're back. <clears throat> we are back. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 16. Is this 16? I can't believe that, man. This is 16. Welcome to episode 16 of the First Sip Podcast. Today's guest is our dear friend, Kelsey Matika. Kelsey is a doctor of physical therapy. But what's cool about Kelsey is she actually specializes in children. So she will be working with you from the time you are zero to when you are 21. So she's making little babies do pistol squats. And she's going to talk all about that. She's also going to talk about how people are moving wrong or not moving enough. We're going to talk about our kind of problems that me and Nikemi are having with our desk jobs. She's going to try to help us out a little bit. And she's just going to answer some overall movement and mobility based questions today is on understanding what she's doing which is really cool and moving the kids and also helping us move better so with that being said kelsey thank you for coming on hey Welcome. guys good to see you oh it's great to see you it's been a long time <laughs> i know COVID mm -hmm. happened yes COVID really did happen we're all at bert's wedding and then you just shut down the world it just happened yeah dude thank god it, it was happened. your fault it was your fault definitely was my fault um, no, yeah, it's been a long time. Kels, did you ever get COVID working? Cause you didn't stop, right? Did. You couldn't stop working. Oh, you did. I did actually have COVID. And? I did not get it from work, but, um, mm. I did have COVID. And so, how'd it go? Um, really fatigued for like three days. Uh, and you know, I was trying to stay active during it. So like every morning I would go for a walk and by the end, it was crazy to see like the first day I could barely walk a mile and I came back and slept for four hours because I was so exhausted. And by the end I was like, Oh, I can run again. Oh, so and it was taste and smell gone also lost taste and smell the last day that I was like the day before I was supposed to go back to work only for a day though. No, I lost it for like months. My smell still is like kind of wonky. Bro, how crazy is that? My but I don't totally, I don't mind it. Working with kids and working in a hospital, there's a lot of weird smells. <laughs> I, wow. Well, that's actually kind of cool. I didn't think about it that way. Yeah, that's a bonus, actually. But yeah, I was always so concerned about like one day just waking up and not being able to taste. Bro, I honestly taste. Taste was weird. Taste sucks. Taste was weird. Yeah. When you I, told like, me you had, I was like, what? Yeah. I'm never seeing him again. Mm -mm. Taste was weird. <laughs> taste was, taste weird. was horrible because nothing, you didn't want to eat. It was like, why would I eat anything? Right. Lost a lot of weight. I'll take that. Oh, imagine, imagine that. Dude, me and Alex literally were just eating just chicken and spinach because why not? At a certain point, did mm -hmm. you just think like, I'm never going to be able to taste again? Uh, so I thank God we did. Uh, my wife would have actually left me because it was my fault that she got it. Um, and she was on a war path. For real, for real. She was gone. <laughs> she was on a war path. She was so mad. Because you know, sometimes you she already need to be towing the line. So yeah, I do tow the line. So, but I'll tell you what, smell. Did you care? else about no smell like i didn't really care no I mean, and i mean working at the hospital and wearing masks all day long anyway so i don't like i don't smell anything now as it is so how much i were still they don't gearing, really care how much were they gearing you guys up so being a children's hospital we were like on like queue for adults to be coming like stable adults that were non-covid um, we were on call for probably like four months and then they finally were like, oh, they're not coming. Delaware actually did a very good job of managing um, at Christiana and other hospitals in the area so that we weren't too slammed with anything. And I will say pediatric wise, we didn't have tons of cases. You had children? It was You guys mm -hmm. lost children in the, in the hospital? Yes, a few, but most of them had other underlying conditions. So it wasn't just like COVID related. Okay. I was going to say that would have yeah, been a, a regular, that would have been crazy. That would have been rare. Not make, not that that makes it any better, but yeah. I mean, at least there was something else going on. Most of them were immunosuppressed. So, so I got two questions for you to mm -hmm. start us off. First one is a question we have to ask is what are you sipping on? Mm -hmm. Um, I have some lemon water today. Mm. <laughs> I like it. I, so You're I was, cl I really wanted chocolate milk. I really wanted chocolate milk. But my milk wow. was bad. So. Oh, <laughs> oh, 
Could you? T- oh, could you tell? Did you? Yes. Do you sniff it? Oh, oh you, damn! So yeah. it was bad, bad. That's what you were sipping bad. on. That's what you were really sipping on. <laughs> Spoiled milk. So I wow. no, I smelled it, and I was like, "This doesn't what? seem right." So I went oh. with the lemon water. <laughs> mm. We're not sipping on spoiled milk. No, we're not. No. <laughs> what are you sipping on, Dave? Not today. Well, Bert, we got another uh, late night show again. So, mm-hmm. you know, we got to get ready mm-hmm. for the post show. Mm-hmm. So we do that with a little bit of Ghost Gamer. Ghost Gamer. You think eventually they're just going to sponsor us? No. I think, I know they are. If maybe I'm we a, reach out. I'm going to keep plugging, you know, just keep branding it, you know, because mm-hmm. we do this. We mm-hmm. do this. Mm-hmm. Tag them. Tag them when you post oh, that episode. That's true. Definitely. That's true. Maybe they'll listen to the sound bit. This is it. Kels, first question for you to start us off. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does your day look like? You're a PT and you said you told me on the phone that you're working with people zero to 21. So yep. what does a typical day for you look like? Well, it, I work in the hospital. So I see kids that come in from anything under the sun. They could come in for an orthopedic surgery. They come in after car accidents. I see pre-transplant kids. I see oncology kids. I see pain kids. So anything in everything pretty much is my day. So it's a lot, it's very fast paced in the hospital. So you have to be on your toes. You have to be constantly moving, understand vitals, labs, all that stuff. Um, so it's a little crazy, (laughs) honest. (laughs) And is it, and is it like, and I, this is me just trying to understand like the Mm -hmm. system and what you're doing is it, you get assigned a specific individual and like you have to focus on them or are you seeing mold, like a lot of people throughout the day that you're just visiting them rehabbing them or moving or i don't know maybe. great question we see so we'll get like tons of hospital orders this is just like we'll get about 70 orders and it's divided among all of the therapists so most of our therapists at our hospital are we're like specialized among floors so i kind of float among all the floors so I'll, i would say an average day i see probably eight to ten kids depending on how long I need to be with them or what they need or what their next steps are, whether they're going to rehab or they're going home. Hmm. Hmm. Um, <laughs> so, and, and you said, I, I see eight to 10 kids. Give me an example of an extreme case that you're working on right now. So like tell people, like show people, stun a little bit, show people what what's something challenging that you're doing right now with a kid. Yeah, um, really I don't have one right That's now. Saying, to paint the picture. I don't have one right now, but I had one last summer. He was in a car accident, a really bad car accident, and pretty much broke every single bone, limb, everything in his body. So, and my goal in the acute care setting or the hospital setting is to make him functional enough so that he can go home or go to the next step to, which would be rehab for that case. So it was, I probably saw him for five months, which is a really long time in the hospital to be under the acute care bubble, um, just to kind of get him up and out of bed. Like my sessions would take hours to get a kid out of bed. It sounds like I'm not doing a lot, but after like car accidents, you're dealing with death. You're dealing with grief of death. You're dealing with seven to 10 year olds that have no idea why they're in the hospital and don't understand. And then you do have the parents on top of it who are also dealing with grief, Um, They don't understand what's going on. They don't know the next steps. They just see that their child is in pain and don't know how to help them. So we get a lot of the brunt of that because when they are in pain, we're the ones forcing them to move and they don't want to move, but it's also the best thing for them at that time. When you were in school, were you guys like, was Mm -hmm. there any classes on the mental aspect? Because I never even thought about that. Yeah, like trying to deal with that. They have to overcome trauma. Yeah, Yeah. very briefly, but not really. I would say most of my battle is is the mental aspect and working in a hospital is knowing when to bring in other members of the team. So bringing in the psychologist, bringing in like, you know, all like physicians to work on pain management. Yes. So we have social workers, we have case managers, we have child life supports who are amazing. They pretty much come in and know everything about like a kid, know how to calm them down, what they like. And Mm -hmm. it's wonderful because I mean, you guys know me, I don't tolerate a whole lot of that. (laughs) So (laughs) I, um, I have my moments as well. So yeah, I was going to, that's so funny that you just said that. And it's cool to be self-aware. Um, obviously for the length that I've known you, patience isn't your strength, right? No. Nor is it mine, no, which is, is fine. Not at all. Yeah. So you guys are very patient with me. With you, yeah. <laughs> that was a lie. 
What? If anybody didn't know, that was a lie. You two are very impatient. Uh, I, I am we are the worst. Yes, we are. Yes. Yeah, head. you don't. You also. So hmm. is, is that like, how are you overcoming that? It would drive me. And this is why I have the utmost respect for, for doctors and like teachers, people that work with children, right? Nannies, anyone. Like, does it not drive you bonkers trying to get an individual out of bed for multiple hours? Yes. How do you... Yes. Like, how do you, I guess, teach yourself that or like what causes the patients? Um, there's times I've left the room because otherwise I'm going to say something I shouldn't say. <laughs> so you, know, I think it's knowing where your limit is and knowing when to call someone else in or, you know, just ha- having that self-awareness to be like, all right, I need to take a step back, leave the room, regroup and see if I can try again later or at a different time. Just because it, it is, it's really hard some days when you have a four-year-old screaming at you and the parents yelling at you and you're just like, I still need to get you up though. Yeah. So sometimes everyone needs to take a step back and realize the bigger picture. And it's like, maybe right now is not the time for this. Maybe we need to get another support system in there. Maybe psych does need to go in and talk to the family and the patient to get them calm before I do anything. So I think it's understanding your environment and if and understanding your and utilizing your resources that you have, especially in a hospital setting. I take full advantage of it. That's so crazy. I didn't even think about the whole like negotiation or like interrogation side of it. That's almost what it sounds like. Bro, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't think about it. That's which is why it's awesome. Like I didn't think about the whole team approach that these people are going through. Yeah. You don't yeah. think about it at all, no. I guess, when you're there. It's like managing the entire relationship and saying, okay. I can't, you know, you can only do so much. And then like you said, okay, let me bring in this person or this person, because I know now mm-hmm. they can help me move this whole development plan forward, you know, and get this kid really moving. Exactly. Um, and if they can get them calm, it makes my job 10 times easier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, going back to your question too, of like my patients, that's part of the reason I chose acute care is because it is quick pace. So my sessions are generally pretty short for the mm-hmm. most part, as long as they do what they need to do. So if there are behaving and they are in agreement to get up out of bed, I could be in a room for 20, 25 minutes max. And then I'm out and on to the next patient. And I love that. <laughs> that is like ideal for me spending more than 30 minutes with someone. I'm like, all right, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what to do with them. Of, of course. And I and envy you, the people that can do that. <laughs> and you, and you say like, Give us an example. What are you looking for when you're trying to get them out of bed? Are you like looking for making sure specific movements or specific parts of their body are working the right way? Like what's your goal there? So acute care is mostly focused on function. So my goal is if you came in for, you fell off of a bike and fractured your leg, I need to make you safe to go home and make you as functional as possible with a non-weight bearing status, like not able to put weight through that leg. So my goal is how do I get you home? What equipment do you need? How do I teach parents to help you get out of bed, get up your stairs, get into your house, do all the things that they need to do on a daily, uh, on a daily basis. Are you writing, are you writing specific programs for post also? Like, are you do, is a lot of, is all of it physical or are you also writing developed programs for the kids? So I, I don't do as much of that. It's usually like when they go home from an acute care stay, it's usually you need time to heal and recover. And then when you come back for your follow-up, then you can start that outpatient therapy to really work on strength and conditioning and get back to being able to put weight through that leg and having a normal walk pattern and things like that. I do make recommendations of exercises they can and should do, but it's not my major focus. Hmm. So I wonder if that's where they would see somebody like Doza for like next steps. Yeah. I don't know. Yes. Oh, yes. that is. Oh, okay. So yep. do you know our friend? So there's so many different realms of like therapy. So you have yeah. the acute mm-hmm. care, which is hospital setting. You have rehab, which is kind of like a step down from um, acute care. So mm-hmm. Going back to that car accident that I had last summer, he was completely independent and now totally lost all of his function. So in order to get him closer, he needed an intensive rehab stay, which is like three to four hours of therapy every day um, to get them home quicker, pretty much. Usually they're in a hospital setting or some type of rehab setting, and then they'll transition to an outpatient setting, which is like what you guys would go to if you had an injury. So your back, your shoulder, you would go to a facility and follow up and get treatment that way. 
Do you know Doza? Do you know our friend Doza? Yes. Oh. I met so, Doza at your wedding. Oh, oh awesome. Um, yeah, everybody was there. <laughs> we turned up. We did turn up. You don't remember that night? Because I, I don't. I don't either. Not a single thing. <laughs> Alex is so mad at me for it. Um, so I, I ate a lot of food that night. That's all I know. <laughs> Unbelievable. Bro, there was food in every corner. Yeah. Where did you guys get all that food? I don't. Nanina's, man. Huge shout out to Nanina's was, in the park in New wow. Jersey. Yeah. Unbelievable. I've menu. never seen that much food in my life. It was ridiculous. I don't really remember, but I know that everyone had a good time. Great time. Mm-hmm. We was dancing, dancing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kels, so as I, as I said at this, the start of the episode, when you told me that you're working with zero year old, right? You're, yes. Yeah. What are you doing? What, like, what, are, <laughs> why are, would they bring I know in some Kelsey some newborns. to work? Yeah, yeah. Why would you? Yeah. Yeah. We know new people with newborns and like yep. toddlers. Why would they bring you in? So I work a lot in the NICU. So our neonatal intensive care unit. Um, I also work in our cardiac ICU and then our just general ICU. Um, and these babies come in and they have feeding difficulties or they have some genetic condition that Mm. they need to be hospitalized right after birth. So my job is to make sure they're developing the way they should. So meeting their motor milestones. So I know it seems crazy, but I make sure that they can hold their head up. Their head's not getting flat. I make sure that they're calm and have good self-soothing skills, like all things that we don't realize as not having kids, but like putting your hands to middle and sucking on a pacifier is like the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) It's like, it's a very chill session and it's kind of nice. So why hands to middle? Why hands to middle? Hands to midline is a self-soothing skill that babies do. So if they have this, that means they have good like regulation a lot of times and that they're able to kind of self-regulate themselves. So it's a good, it's also one of the first developmental skills that, that a baby does to go like this. Mm-hmm. So, so are you grabbing their like little wrists and putting their hands together? Sometimes, yeah. Bro, I'm gonna I don't force it, but I'm just gonna and start side eyeing of... babies and be like, mm-hmm, I don't know about your baby. <laughs> you walk <laughs> up to be like, let me see. Be like, look at your baby's head. <laughs> look, at you. you remember that one Kevin Hart special where he was talking about how his son's head wouldn't stay up? Yes, that he kept falling over. He needed head control. Kelsey, he should have called head you. Control. Head control. <laughs> there Imagine you go. much. I will be so if my child's head doesn't stick. Your kid's head's not going to stand up, bro. Do you it's remember what you so looked big. like in seventh grade? My head was so big. You looked like one of the characters on the Oh, Arnold. you're Jesus. doomed to come back. My head was so big. <laughs> His head was huge. Up until like age he had 20. a college head when he was 12. Yeah. Wow. Well, yep. It hasn't grown since then. No, the rest of my body did. That's the rest good. Of my body caught up. Yes. So, <laughs> Kelly, <laughs> and, and you said like, what are, okay, so this is cool. If you were an individual who's like, obviously this is what you're going to be. You're going to be probably a super crazy mom about the right movement, right? This not, is why I'm not crazy. having children. Fine. Um, <laughs> any tips for like when you, cause I know my little sister was always doing tummy time. Um, yep. Like, all right. So what, what other kind of like gems or tips would you have for people who are going to have a baby or have a newborn to make sure that their kids move in the right way? Tummy time is huge. Um, work on that, like with them sitting on you constantly have them. If you're breastfeeding, you want them to change positions a lot. You don't want them feeding in the same way all the time. I know that sounds crazy, but they end up developing like flat spots on their head. If they get used to a certain position, um, don't leave them laying on their back all day long, constantly move them, have them on their sides. Like it, they don't need a lot, but you also don't want to just let them be all day long. You things you want to look for are some active kicking. So if they are on their back or kicking their legs, bringing their hands to midline, um, reaching for toys as they get older, even starting to sit them up, like when they're a week old is important to work on some of that head control. Um, so any position changes is really key for them. Yep. Mm-hmm. And honestly, so. it's, a lot of education to parents. I mean, that's what I spend my entire day doing. Parents have no idea. There's no handbook out there that tells you how to raise a kid. So it that is 90% of my job is telling these parents that they're doing everything that they can't be doing. Yeah, she's right. She just shocked me there. I didn't, I would just let we, the baby lay there. I think we just found our business opportunity of the episode. You know how we find one every episode? Make a first you sip do. handbook. I'm curious. We need a first sip first baby sip. Motor, motor milestone handbook. Because oh, <laughs> I heard you say the motor milestones, right? And I heard I was like, motor milestones. We're gonna have the we'll first set motor milestones. First set motor milestones. Oh snap! Y'all heard that? <laughs> Listen, nobody saw that one. I will say 
I am fine with that. But I always tell parents, don't freak out if your child doesn't do something right on the day that it says. No, no, if no, they're no, supposed this... to be holding their head up by three months, I always tell nah. parents it is okay. Chelsea, throw, throw that out the window. This is now a competition. <laughs> okay, we about to have motor milestone Olympics, yep. motor milestone uh, competition. Wow. We're There's gonna, so much we can do with this. We're gonna have parents DMing us like different records for yeah, how yeah. long we can go like individual sports. There you like, go. Yeah, like, realignment. Wow, how long can your child hold his hands? How together? long can you do the, the first? <laughs> how long like realignment? And then, and then by age, right? Like, okay, is your baby under two months? Mm-hmm. How long did he hold his head up? People submit videos, hold a contest with our sponsors. We don't have yet. My gosh. I've created monsters. That's awesome. (laughs) No, don't worry. We're going to break down the whole plan. We're going to split this up nice. Everybody going to eat. This is great. Do you have, um, do you utilize any like, um, not tools or anything, but would you recommend, is there any tool that you like, like to stimulate the, um, motor function or anything that you ever say to a parent? Like, Hey, I would recommend you give a kid a ball or I don't know. Oh, you mean like when they get like the little, uh, like, like the little, walkers, like the wheel, or things. like when you put your baby in a walker, oh, and have them just like walk around. or the little spaceship runner thing that they run. Oh the my! I will say a lot of people don't love them just because it doesn't stimulate normal gait mechanics or normal walking mechanics. Mm-hmm. So um, they're not actually the best. The walkers are not the best things for them to be in. I had one when I was a baby, and look at my motor you know, functions. <laughs> hey, I I'm not saying I most therapists don't love them. We'll put them in sometimes just to get weight bearing through their legs, like a bouncing seat, like Mm -hmm. something that you can put them in that they can kind of like jump and get weight bearing through their legs is great. But a lot of those walkers, it ends up putting their hips in a weird position that they end up walking funny. I mean, we all turned out fine. We've all been in one. Do you think that's why I have a posterior tilt? That's what it is. I I spent too much time. Have you ever seen how you sit? Just and just move, I, period. It's because of my my walker as a kid, Kelsey just said. I like this transition. <laughs> so do you think it's because of Albert's early years or because of his current years that he doesn't move? I'm gonna right go with all? current years. Well, let's let's flip it. That, Why that, is your movement so bad? This is a nice segue. Yes. Yes. Kelsey, what do, what is wrong? What are we doing wrong? What is wrong with nowadays? everything Albert does? Not me. But what is what is wrong with like when me and you were emailing the other day? What's going on? With society, what are we doing wrong, and what should we be doing more of? We spend too much. That's yep. my opinion. I think people spend too much time on their phones watching TV. Like technology is great and it has wonderful things that it can do, but people don't utilize it in the best ways. So I think we spend too much time sitting. I mean, we were all home for a year. I'm sure you guys work from home for probably a very long time. Albert, you're still working from home, and you said to me the other day, "I sit all day long." Gotta move. Mm-hmm. I see. Someone in the, one of our professors in PT school always told us motion is lotion. Oh. <laughs> motion, yeah. I like that. Motion is lotion. Nice. Motion is so okay. I'm an individual who works from home. I can't change it, right? Mm-hmm. Do I get a standing desk or do I implement specific stretches or movements throughout the day? Bro, what will make me I better? Standing desk in the office. Either wow. one. Honestly, if I know people that love their standing desk that got one from home, but some people, it's just not for them. They're not as productive. So if it's not for you, I recommend you at least get up and do some stretches. Like if I send you some, do one stretch an hour, just something to keep your body moving. And so you're not tight at the end of an eight hour shift. And you're like, now my back is killing me. So any movement is is helpful. I think about that a lot, like sitting down all day in the office and then you go home. And especially if you don't work out at night or stretch, then you go home and then you sit down even mm-hmm. more. It's just constant sitting. Yeah. I mean, I, I walk all day for my job, but mm-hmm. like, I'm the worst. I don't warm up. I don't stretch. I don't cool down. They tell you to do all that stuff all the time. I know You're I'm part supposed of the to do it. Do I do it? Nope. You're not practicing what you're preaching. I'm a hundred percent part wow. of the problem. We make the worst patients. Wow. <laughs> we know so much. <laughs> we make the worst patients. Mm. Okay. So I'll then we'll talk more about me. Um, <laughs> you're the only one with problems. I'm, I do. I have, I have a crazy tight lower back 24 seven. It just, yes. it always bothers me. Am I insanely active? Yes. Is that changing it? No. So what stretches would you say, Albert, Dr. Kelsey is recommending you implement this to try to help you? Cause there has to be other people out there that are dealing with the tight low back every day. So I think a lot of it is figuring out the, your, a mechanism of injury. So for you, we talked the other day, like it probably could be, have stemmed from your car accident. And 
you know, a lot is postural. And I think the key thing that people forget is it's not, and might not be your back. It could be your hamstrings. It could be your core. A lot of it is muscle imbalances and the way the nerves innervate. So you were telling me you had some nerve, like tink pins and needles into your left leg and into your foot. That sounds like a nerve compression to me, which is something that PTs help with a lot. We can, you can actually stretch your nerves, which is wild. <laughs> mm. It's deep, man. Okay. So what, what should I do? There has to be other people that are in the same boat as me. What should I do? Anything? You got to go you? see somebody. Yeah. Yeah. You, it's really, I can't, everyone's problems in their low back are different. So yours, I think are stemming from, you know, tight hamstrings, yep. Tight hamstrings, tight glutes, and some nerve compression. So your plan's going to look very different than someone else that might, that might have a weak core. They hamstrings might be fine. And like, they might have great balance of their muscles, but if they have a weak core, their back's going to hurt because they're overusing their back muscles. Yep. And when you're saying weak core, you're not saying like, it doesn't matter. Not saying, oh, they don't have a six pack. You're saying that the, like the overall the stability muscles yes. in their core yep. are not firing. Your core right is way. used for everything. So if you have any weaknesses anywhere, especially in those deep core muscles, it's going to cause overwork in your back, hmm. which is probably 90% of people's problems. Yep. Okay. All right. So, so 90% and then some people listening, if their lower backs bother them, it could be stemming from your core. What would you, is there any like specific exercises that you like to utilize to strengthen the core? You know, Dikembe actually gave me an app a long time ago, Six Pack Promise. Do you remember that, Dikembe? I do this. <laughs> I do this. I recommend gems. Six Pack yep. Promise? I recommend gems. Six that Pack was years Promise. Ago. Wow. That was, that was years ago. That was when we was first getting in this is, game. And it's an app? Is it free? I don't even know if it's still out there. Is it still out there? It is still out there. Wow. She still but, has it on her phone. There you go. See this? Oh, I for sure still have it on lives, my phone. People. We change lives. Oh, man. <laughs> but no, there are simple, like, transverse abdominus exercises, um, posterior pelvic tilts. There's a lot of very simple exercises. Um, a glute bridge, a single knee to chest is important, but it's all just about activating that lower abdominal. And what PTs do is help with that form and make sure you're activating the proper muscles. Cause I feel that's a lot of the issue as well as people are like, Oh, I'm doing this stuff, but they're not activating the correct muscles and they don't know how to activate them. Yeah, I feel like an easy one to just think about is anything that gets your core to actually rotate. You know what I mean? Like as you turn from side to side, I think most people just focus on just doing like a crunch motion, mm -hmm. you know, up down and say, okay, I've hit my core. But then what happens if you have to stabilize to left and right? You know, it's think yeah. about like if you're doing like a medicine ball throw. Oh, for sure. You know, that motion Russian from twist. going left to right, you know, mm -hmm. exactly like a Russian, all those simple things that people kind of overlook. Probably. Yeah. And like you said, it can lead to those. And a lot of times yeah. with the medicine balls, they're using their back muscles instead of their core yep. because they're stronger. And if you're not correctly activating your muscles, then you're going to have that pain and those imbalances. You see it a lot. With so that's what we do. That's not what I do, but that's what most people do. <laughs> right. Okay. So then, then back to more what you do. What about. Oh, like we can talk about like, that's the beauty of physical therapy. And I feel like a there's so many different specialties and areas that you can get into. Like my boyfriend is a physical therapist and what we do is night and day from each other. He, he thinks I set up hide and seek and obstacle courses all day. And I think he just lets old people walk. Bro, it was <laughs> so I, crazy. You should have seen them. Like when, I, when they were trying to like analyze what was wrong with me, I was like, you two are just, y'all know what you know. That's awesome. So, wait, do you set up obstacle courses though? A little bit. <laughs> I haven't set that one up she in a very was, long she time. She was starting to set up some cones in front of me. I didn't know what she was doing. <laughs> yeah, Ryan's wedding. She, I, what, I saw her rearrange. Yeah, the yeah, I over. he was like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, to him? He maybe that's why that. Jeremy was so mad. Wow, you think that's why he snapped that night? Maybe we're gonna talk about that story in another mm -hmm. episode. Cal's had run through the obstacle course. Yep, that's it. So what about? And he lost. Can <laughs> 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 beat him? So, so what about like when we were in high school, right? Where mm -hmm. do you think that there were, there are common practices that were instilled or getting worse? Like you said, using your phones and everything that you would recommend to any parents that are listening to like be corrective and be proactive so mm. that we don't grow into false, like bad habits. I think in with what I do now in pediatric realm, I think the biggest thing that we're starting to see is kids picking one sport too early. So if you pick one sport as baseball, 
mm-hmm. we're starting to see a lot more injuries that you get in at professional league age because they're picking baseball and being a pitcher at the age of 10 and they have these overuse injuries and they end up having to give up the sport. And I feel like parents want like, and I feel like our society and our culture, the way our education system is going to is you want that scholarship. You want your kid to go to school and be active and stay healthy, but they're overworking and over pushing them and Mm. being like, you have to pick one sport. And that's not necessarily the case. Let them explore different options, let them play until high school, if that's what they want to do. And then really hone in on some of those skills. That's a cool take. So that's awesome. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Me neither. So you're, um, which I get, which makes so much sense when you think about it. Like, like if you're a wrestler and all yeah. you do is wrestle from mm-hmm. you know, time up, lower back, knees, shoulders. So mm-hmm. you're, so you're basically saying you're a kid, do it all. Just try to yep. be a three sport athlete. It's yeah. Much going to be much better for you. Figure than out what you love because yep. If you want to play a sport year round on top of that though, but do other things. And I I think a lot, we are seeing so many injuries of kid. Like I had a kid come in with a baseball injury because all he does is pitch all the time. And I was like, you're, you're not going to do yourself any favors. He's 12, he's 12 years old. Definitely won't be my son. (laughs) No, it won't, won't be my son. No, <laughs> your son's nothing to do with the fact that it's, his dad can't play baseball. My, your son it's will okay. Not my be kids would not be playing either. Be I'm son. afraid no. of, ball, you know of baseball and softball. <laughs> going to be a track star. Probably. That's it. You know what's going to be good for our kids, though? What? We got a lot. The boys know a lot of different sports, right? Yeah, we know so we have we're to have, have a, farm, a lot of different coaches, a community yeah, on the compound. We yeah. talk about yeah. this in every episode out in Texas, and hopefully we'll have Kelsey out there. Yeah, hopefully over the past episode, sure they're all doing different stuff. The reason I keep dropping it in you know the past episodes is because little by little, I'm trying to get people to sign up mentally. It's inception, mm-hmm. so people are gonna be like, you know, he keeps talking about this compound. I wonder how much he gonna rent, you know, this for. Like, I might, I might go join them out there. It's gonna be smart, dude. Listen, in the great state of Texas, people were yes, mm-hmm. people. No taxes in Texas. No taxes in Texas. No COVID in Texas. No COVID in Texas. We going. <laughs> yes, we outside. Yeah, and we're all playing different sports. Kels, that was awesome. That was a cool gem. What else you got for us for like um, the kid growing up the right way? That was a cool recommendation. Like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no right way to grow up. You think if kids are playing too many it, video games? You think oh, video games I mean, are killing us? A hundred percent. But like, I, how much is too I much? Because I mean, like, how, how much is too too much? Yeah. If you came into me and told me that is your only hobby, that is too much. Okay. And that is what I'm starting to see. Listen, people, yeah. It's kids that? that tell me they play Fortnite all day long. I'm yeah. like, do you go outside? Do you like fresh air? Do you hang out with your friends? No. Yeah, they hang out with their friends on Fortnite. That's true. They do. They hang out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they though. actually hang out with them but on like, Fortnite. That's not, you know, and some of that has to do with COVID and other issues. But yeah, no, we are definitely playing too many video games and yeah. not doing no. anything else. Yeah. Parents need to cut the cord. Hey, do what Lydia did. Cut the cord. Yes. She would, uh, <laughs> she would just take she would just take the Xbox randomly. I would just come home and be like, Mom. Where's my Xbox? That's good, bro. Look at you. You were great at track. She, she would be, thanks, Lydia. She would be like, I don't know. You would have rolled forward shoulders. She would literally shoulders. tell me she didn't know where my Xbox went. Like somebody, she like was turtle. playing it. That's like why. Somebody came she, in, she, she hit she it was and was playing it. My mom wasn't playing no Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> she, wasn't, she wasn't playing no Xbox. Could barely get her to FaceTime. What do you mean she's playing Xbox? Uh, so, okay. And then what, what about the, like the other end of it? So someone has a horrific injury to a specific part of their body. So they have a mm-hmm. horrific um, leg injury. What's, what's the day look like for you there with that patient? Is it just solely making it like bend again, or what are you doing with them? No, I, I I'm making sure they can go home. Okay. <laughs> so that's yeah. going to be more of that outpatient level. So I'm seeing that if they hurt their leg yesterday in a car accident, I'm seeing them the next day, getting them out of bed making sure they get all the equipment they need for home and that they can move around safely. And then in two weeks, when they come back for their follow-up, then they're going to outpatient therapy, who's going to really focus on getting that leg to bend, getting that leg to move, making sure they can walk and get back to all their function. I am solely mm -hmm. focusing on safety to get them home. It would be interesting to have like an episode with her and Doza. 
yes, let them yeah. spin off right. of each other. So very exactly. different. Like a client. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So are you like recommend? So when someone blows out their ACL and they put on that like crazy metal thing that wraps mm-hmm. around their knee, is that you? Is that you saying they have to have this? No, that okay. is a surgeon. That's oh. all orthopedic surgeons. We the, actually the don't end up seeing, mm-hmm. we oh, don't okay. end up seeing them right after from an acute side of things. They're usually pretty mobile and know what they have to do. We might see them preoperatively to train them on crutches to make sure they can safely go home and maintain their weight bearing status. But we usually don't see them post-op. They're going to go start their outpatient therapy, go see Doza the next day. Are you working on, are you working on any posture drills at all with any of the kids that you see or, or no? In time, if I have someone for a long time, like if they're, you know, some of my oncology kids that I see occasionally, they're there for a long time getting chemo. So you're, you are working on that postural stuff. It really depends how long a kid is in the hospital for. I would say the average length of stay is like five days. Okay. So, but then you have kids that stay for six months. So you can get a lot done in six months. So I can't, I overlap obviously from like the outpatient side of things, like as they're there longer, I'm going to start incorporating postural exercises, incorporate those obstacle courses as they get stronger. I like it. Yeah. What are you doing with (laughs) oncology patients? What does that look like? I am not the primary for oncology. uh, That's for sure. But I, they, there's a lot of, um, they have a lot of nerve damage from their chemo. And so we do a lot of stretches and make sure they maintain their endurance because they're just so sick all the time. And we make sure they can walk and do their normal activities, get up and go to the bathroom. Some of them can't do that. So. Because they're so tired, you're saying like, and mm-hmm. just so they're so tired from their chemo. They're so weak. They're just constantly sick. So they can't even get up to use the bathroom. So we make sure that they can maintain what a, if it's a five-year-old, what does a five-year-old do on a daily basis? We make sure they can do the minimum to at least get around and do some activity. That's kind of crazy. I, I see the sickest of the sick. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yes. See, when I was thinking, and that's so crazy that be tough. I was so like ignorant. I was only thinking of PT as like Doza and mm-hmm. who's a friend of ours who, who works in rehab and, and like sports mobility. Mm-hmm. Um, and now Kelsey's telling us she's walking cancer patients around the, the hospital. There's levels to this. Yeah. <laughs> And, and when you're doing that, when you're taking them on a stroll, are you like watching for specific things? Or are you just there to make I'll sure at, that I'll watch safe? their vitals? Uh, yeah. I'll watch their vitals to make sure their heart rate isn't doing anything crazy. I'll make sure their like oxygen saturations stay above 90%. So normal is a hundred percent, but anywhere from 90 to hundred is fine. But if they start to slowly decline below 90, there's obviously some concerns and their body's not getting the oxygen it needs to complete that activity. So you're either taking a rest break, you're calling a code, you're calling for help. There's a lot of things you could be doing at that point. Have you ever, have you ever had like a a crazy situation where you had to flag down emergency help? Yes. It was scary. Yeah, it is. It's like, because you don't know if you're making the right decisions. You know what you need to do, but you don't know if you're making the right decisions. And at the end of the day, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nurse. I don't know how they do their jobs and they're amazing at them. And I can only do so much. So, yeah. So, so I've, I have a question for you about, you don't know if you're making the right decision. Does it ever cross your mind? Like, wow, if I make the wrong decision and I flag someone down, they're going to get charged so much more. Has that ever been a thought? And the only reason I bring it up is because what we were talking about before the episode out of curiosity, is that like something that crosses your mind? No, not usually. Cause sure. I, I would rather err on the side of caution. Yeah. And it, even if it isn't an emergency situation, I'm going to call a code over not calling one. Cause if that patient wasn't fine and I didn't call a code, I'm in bigger trouble. And I'm really putting my license on the line at that point mm. versus if they weren't in trouble, and I called the code, then everyone's there anyway, that I can, they can at least get looked at. Right, at least something is going wrong. Yeah. That you, someone from a higher level should check them out. What do you mean putting your license on the line? If I, like I could have a patient die on me, like, you know, but it, 
So if I'm not calling a code, if someone's desatting on me, so their oxygen's going down, their heart rate's going down, and I'm not calling something or calling mm-hmm. for help, I could lose my license. Yeah, like now, mind you, nurses are yeah. going to are monitoring throughout mm-hmm. your sessions usually, sure. but if yeah. I make a wrong decision in that sense, I, you know, there could be repercussions. I don't know the legal terms, but I guess that's where they run into like issues of malpractice. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. Would you ever be named in a suit? Like, I guess, or I mean, you'd be protected by the hospital, of course. We, yes, we, but, uh, we have had people be called to like testify, not for things we've done, but as like the patient's case as a whole. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So I've never had that it, knock on wood. I don't want to be called, but a few of my coworkers have been called to like testify for some lawsuits. Did, did COVID change the way that you had to interact with these patients? Yes, absolutely. I think, yeah, I didn't really touch on this before, but social interaction and like reading faces for babies is huge. Um, and now we wear masks all day long, so they don't get to see your facial expressions. They don't get to know what's smiling, laughing. They don't get to see any of that. And it's, it's obvious, like a lot of our kids aren't as socially engaged Mm -hmm. as they could be. And it's really hard for a lot of our families to get there, especially in the NICUs and the like ICUs. A lot of these moms end up taking their maternity leaves later when their infant comes home so that they can go to work now because they're under hospital care. So a lot of these kids spend all day by themselves. It's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. And it's not because the parents don't want to be there. It's because they, they can't because they have to go to work so that when their child does come home, they can have that time with them. Yeah. It's like when we're talking to Kelly about the whole maternity leave thing. Yeah. It's crazy system. Maternity leave is crazy. Maternity leave is crazy. And it's, it's just so crazy how every guest that we've had has talked about a COVID impact. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like been mm-hmm. a staple and how it's so, it's so crazy. Everybody's been affected in so many different ways. Yep. You know, it's interesting to sit back, like you're saying, and hear how people have been affected. Yeah, dude. She yeah. just said that, like the fact that they can't see her smile mm-hmm. or is that's so crazy to even think about. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm thinking about like when I'm sitting in the office with people and that's one thing we think about all the time, but just from dealing with children all the time, right? Like you're sitting there in the office trying to see how someone's reacting, maybe, you know, to a certain like product or the way you're talking about something, but you're dealing with children, you know, it's a much more emotional uh, conversation, a much more emotional interaction. You yes. know, and, not and that's able, how they learn. Yeah. And that's how they grow. That's how they pick up on social cues and know what emotions are. Yeah. And now they just think everything is one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damn. She's saying kids are going to be so weird the next 10 years. You got to be good at smizing. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've really worked on my smize over the past year. With your eyes, you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your you eye smile. You got a smile with your eyes. Somebody put me on that word a couple of years ago. Oh, that yeah, was yeah, really yeah. creepy. Don't do was that. that. <laughs> yeah, no, my that was creepy. That was, that was, I've me. never smiled before. That's like why I can't wink. I yeah, your wink's not good. I, I wink with both eyes. You do. You yeah. shut them. I, I tried it the one time and I had to just start scratching my eyes like something was there because <laughs> it didn't work out. It did. It's like, That's not you good. See, you see that? Mm-hmm. That wasn't good. I wish the people could see what you just did and they don't ever do that. Yeah. <laughs> Neither of you need to ever do smize or what wink. you just did. No, I'm a smizer. <laughs> you could probably wink. I'm not. I can definitely wink. Oh I'm my Cuban. gosh! You know, I wish the people saw that the Ben still the Zoolander turn you did, going back to your <laughs> wedding, talking about smizing. I hit the photographer. You hard. hit the photographer with a look. That's something you were practicing before COVID. That is what it is. Wow, I am. I am. Wow, Kels, do you have um? Do you have anything else from what you do or like anything in your field that you want to touch on before we switch over to content rec of the week? I don't think so. I, mean, I think we covered most of it. We covered a lot. Yeah. yeah we Where do you see yourself going back. long-term? Do you see yourself just still doing five, 10 years from now or what's next in the development uh, for you? That's a good Dikembe question. That is a great Dikembe question. This is what I do. I like, I like my job. I like where I'm at. I, I got at least another another five years there. I love that. Very My nice. drive might be the killer. Well, that's why the we commute. Got... Oh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so like, I guess in your role, is there a, a forward? Is there a lateral movement, um, vertical movement 
within your role? Like it would people like be you management go, next. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Management. You can get like senior PT stuff and get raises and things like that, but Don't worry. It to really be would be management. You know how we're going to make the million is the book, the book, motor milestones, motor milestones. First tip, motor that's, milestones. That's going to be crazy. That's going to be crazy. Yep. <laughs> we'll have you winking on the cover. With both eyes. <laughs> With both eyes. That's going to be perfect because my motor milestones weren't developed. No. Not my eyes. Not your, clearly not in your eyes. Clearly your not head. my eyes. Man, I'm going to love that content. Kels, <laughs> what's the uh, content wreck of the week for us? All right. So I have a single song. Ooh. It sounds weird, but it just came out before I hopped on here. Mm. So Vance Joy just came out with Missing Peace. It literally okay. came out an hour ago. So wow. very good if you are a Vance Joy fan. Um, and I don't know from a TV show recommendation. I don't know if anyone has brought this up before, but I highly recommend WandaVision. Oh, yeah. I really uh, liked WandaVision. JD was JD. talking about that one. Yep. Who yeah. Is, you listen to I, Vance Joy? No, I don't listen to Vance Joy. I'm looking him up right now. Who's Vance Joy? A singer. A, like <laughs> what kind of singer? Like a John know. Mayer? He, look, yeah. he looks funky. That's what he looks like. Yeah. Okay. He's like you alternative. Definitely, you definitely folk. wouldn't like him. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Yeah, I know you and I you, just. Dikembe might like him. Beyond I, think I got a couple Albert songs by Vance. Like I got a couple Vance Joy songs. Hold up. Let me just check. Just He's Australian. I don't yeah. know if that makes you like him, Albert. Oh, miss. So what's what's this name of the song one more time? I'm going to look this up. Yeah, Missing you, Peace. You, yeah, Missing I got two of his songs. Riptide. You ever hear that one? Yeah. Dream Your Life Away. Yeah. Yep. Bert, come on now. I'll do this. Boy Vance. <laughs> What is your gonna, content record? I'm going to broaden your horizons to music over there. Good. I have a very broad horizon. I do. Ranges from Daddy Yankee to Pitbull. <laughs> <laughs> the hell are y'all laughing at? Man, I love that. <laughs> What's your content record of the week? Dude? Ooh, man. Well, we were talking a lot about kids and, you know, leading up, um, just following the parents like legacy and making sure that my child's head can stand up. That brings me <laughs> to my content record of Jupiter's legacy. Oh, the, the did show. you start watching it yet? I have not, man. Man, listen. Basically, quick surface level description. These this, these group of adults go on this crazy adventure and they get powers. Then they have kids, right? A hundred years later, and now their kids have powers. And now they have to pass on their code to their children and hope that they can carry on their legacy. Think the world is changing. Politics are changing and influencing superheroes and their decisions. People are wanting more from the superheroes. So now they're saying, oh, we have to change the code. Now the kids are kind of going back and forth with the parents saying, your code needs to change. It's not up to with the times. You know, it's kind of, it's interesting how relevant it is to like what's going on now, you know, in the world and society. Um, it, the superheroes are based here in America, you know, so, oh, the, no yeah, way. so the issues are very relevant to what's going on here. Um, but once again, it's just cool to see, okay, like these parents have these expectations of their kids, right? Like these are superpower children. I'm just talking about trying to get my child's head to stand up right. Yeah, which it might be a problem for a little bit. <laughs> these parents have this code where it's like, don't kill. Yes. Right? So now these kids are like, but they're killing us. So what you want me to do if he's about to kill my friend? Just let him do it? Bro, you, I could see you liking that show. It's such a good a show. Of, a lot of thought-provoking it, superhero it, it's, show. It's got the superhero aspect. It's got the deep thinking to it. It's not that deep. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's got a, it's got some thoughts. Is it, it corny? I looked. No, I saw the, story, the trailer. The story is actually well done for a superhero show. Right. You know, it's not one that's just, just like oh, okay. I'm gonna, it's not like the Green Arrow. <clears throat> Gotta disregard that. I knew you would. You would get that. <laughs> Green Arrow. You would get that. Show. I knew that would hit you. It's a phenomenal show. It's not like top the Green to Arrow. bottom acting at all. Absolutely excellent. The acting is so bad. <laughs> excellent. It is so bad. Do you want my content record of the week? I'm ugh, after what you just said about Green Arrow. I don't know if anybody wants well, your content record. Um, so mine, I don't know. I don't know if anyone's talked about this on the show. It's actually the college admission scandal documentary on Netflix. They briefly brought it up. Have has someone brought briefly, it up? Briefly, but it was like it wasn't his content record. Oh, okay. So yeah. so that that is definitely my content record. Yeah, it's like an hour and 20 minutes. And it's about this guy, Rick Springer, who ran this entire, it's called the side door conspiracy. So in, in supposedly, I guess in the world, there's ways to get into college. There's through the front door where you apply, you get in, there's through the back door where your dad donates $20 million, your dad or your mom donate $20 million to the university, you get in. And then he 
facilitated a way it's called through the side door where you don't pay nearly as much like i don't know not by not saying nearly as much 500 grand 300 grand and you bring in like an athletic director or a coach they flush some other stuff and you lie yeah. that they're coming in as an athlete they bring in their partners you're donating the program and it gets your kid in and it, it roped in so many crazy schools usc stanford yeah. and and the whole sham and all the celebrities that they named and all the people craziest thing was like dude one of the Lori Laughlin's daughter, mm -hmm. she's a crazy successful girl, YouTuber, yeah. YouTuber and like makeup line individual. Like, why did her parents care if she went she to USC? She on the road team. Allegedly on the road team. It's just so weird did you see how the much Photoshop the elites and the elites care about where they go to school. Yeah. So that, that, that's my content record. Just watch it. It's, it's pretty cool. Man. What we got to do to get our kids into college? My kids aren't going to have to go to college. Uh, I mean, I, than just get good grades. We're we gonna be rich, rich. That's true. The first step's gonna blow up, and our book. College? What? We we all went to college. St. Joe's, T H W N D. Yes, we did. All um, all of us. We all St. Joe's. We all went to St. Joe's. Yes. Every last one of us here. Yes. Right. And yep. we know it's, it could be a waste of time for some people. Kels, how many how many years were you in school for what you're doing right now for the acute PT life? I mean, it's typically seven. It's four years of undergrad, three years post grad. I did a shortened program of six. Oh, that's wow. right. You did the hybrid. Mm -hmm. My my senior year of college was spent as my first year of grad school. And if any young PTs are listening, would you recommend that the shortened program, what you did? If you can handle the stress of the school and the academic, 100% worth it. Save yourself a year of debt. Yes. That's no, you, you weren't even stressed in college. Her hair was crazy most no. of the You're time. Even stressed. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Happens every day. Hey, yes. I remember some so days dirty. I would just walk in and she would just give me this look. So you hear that, folks? <laughs> just don't say anything. You want to be PT six years. Six years. Get it done. The accelerated six program. Years. And what program were you in, Kels? It was the Jefferson what, one, right? It, yes. Yeah, that's what I meant. A lot of schools have a hybrid program now. Oh. I mean, we'll we see. learned we learned a lot today, folks. Sip on something new. Yeah. Once again. Motion mm -hmm. is lotion. Motion is lotion. Motor milestones coming soon. Motor milestones coming soon. Get up and move, right, Kels? I love this. Yep. Get Thanks up and for move. having me, guys. Flop your baby around, shake their legs, put your baby face down. Serious if my child is not running by month. So Kels, we're grabbing them by like their hands and legs and just rolling them, right? Shake yeah. them out a little bit. Yeah. Shake them out a little bit. Sure, that People do it in my country. They shake <laughs> I'll them show you some pointers. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll show you pointers before you touch your child. <laughs> yeah, I'm concerned about Yeah, that. we're going to have to like demo with a sack of potatoes or something. Yeah. That's, potatoes. that's concerning. All right. And on that note, um, we're going to make sure that Albert does not have a child anytime soon. Uh, no sack of potatoes. Sorry, Alex. Um, Damn. Alex she doesn't want one, bro. Alex she doesn't love me that much. With uh, that being said, what a great note right to end on. Kelsey, thank you so much for coming on. We truly appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And as always, everyone, enjoy the first sip.